Welcome to the Goal Crazy Podcast. We explore what it takes to reach your crazy goals. I'm your host, Jason Vandeveer, and together we're going to learn to take life to the next level in Goal Crazy. Let's get started. Hello there. Welcome back to the next episode of the Goal Crazy Podcast. This episode I'm, I'm really excited for. I know that I've had a lot of different people on the show that talk about mindset, and we've had a d- number of different coaches right, who help people with this. But in this episode, I have somebody who I think has a really unique perspective on mindset that I haven't heard this kind of end of it before. So I'm excited for you guys to learn about it. But truthfully, I'm just excited for me to learn about what this individual has to share. So today I've got with me Jared Hanning. He is a mindset trainer and he's the founder of Mindset Performance and Mindset Gym. But Jared, how are you today? Uh, Doing good. Happy to be here. Yeah. And you're also the host of your own podcast too, right? Uh, Do do you have a show? Yes, I do. We interview seven figure earners and just look at how they think, how their mind solves problems. Very interesting. What, what got you curious in this type of work? Like, is this something you've always had a fascination with? Was this something later in life you wanted to try and figure out? So I was in classical music for about 20 years. I was the principal violist with South Carolina Philharmonic. And what some people don't know about classical music is that when you are co-creating, so not just playing music, but even singing to the radio, driving down the road, in that moment that you're kind of co-creating with the music, you're using more different parts of your brain than any other activity in life. And this is a, a sharp contrast with athletic performance, where the better your body is performing, the less of your brain it's using because it needs to send that glucose to the muscles. So when I was in, in music, Understanding how the brain is is activating these networks, understanding how the brain takes sound, be it music or language, and turns that sound into a rich emotional experience. At that time, I was talking to business owners and I would go and speak and do workshops and, and teach these entrepreneurs how to access these different parts of their brain. How did, because how did you get changed. started with that? So, okay. So you were in classical music and then you were teaching business owners. Like how, what was that kind of? transition like like was that just like you started accumulating that wealth through your music and then started sharing it with others or how did that kind of go through it, that it did start with music that's where i first started yeah. learning about it i guess i was fortunate in that sense i was at the university of south carolina and the press professor whose tenure was right before i got there he coined this term to describe how the brain turns sound into emotion. He called it audiation. And I was just, I was fascinated with that. And that concept led to me doing like four TEDx talks. I mean, at that time, TEDx was blowing up on YouTube and it just like melted my brain, these, these talks and conferences. And that inspired me to, to share something that I thought would be interesting and TED worthy. So I, I did a couple TEDx talks and then, um, well, here I am today. It's running the mindset gym. Okay. Very interesting. Now, was all of this stuff, you know, I wouldn't have associated, and maybe this is just my lack of knowledge with the, the arts, right? But like, I wouldn't have thought that people in that space work a lot on their mindset, but that's probably false, right? Because they have to have, be creative. Is that a pretty common thing for people in the arts like that to be intentional about their mindset? Uh, yes and no, and yes and no. So it is very common for people in the performing arts to be absolutely destroyed by stage fright. It certainly kicked my butt for 20 years until I started to apply what I was learning about uh, audiation and some of what we call now the mindset push-ups. 
about activating the different networks until I learned and started to apply that. Yeah. Stage fright absolutely kicked my butt. I think that's an aspect of mindset that a lot of performers can relate to. Some of them deal with it by taking beta blockers. Some of them deal with it by uh, trying to repress it and push it away. Some of them deal with it by just fully embracing it and running head on. I lost at all of those battles until I I started doing some of the work of the mindset pushups and that rewired my brain. And it was just a tremendous victory. I'm so thankful to be able to share that with other people now. Very cool. Okay. So originally it was like you had stage fright and you were working how your mind operated around that to eliminate that essentially. Yeah. Yes, sort of. Stage fright, it doesn't feel like a mindset thing. It feels like reality. It feels like this is actually happening. Not like I'm making up in my head or something like that. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, this is real. It feels over overwhelming, overpowering, just kind of swallowing you up. There's nothing you can do. You can't stop it or turn it off. And for me, it was, this is what stage fright was like for me. Yeah. And as I tell this story and, <laughs> and you're, you're listening to this and you're like, well, I can't relate. I'm not a musician. No, you're not. But how often have you avoided a hard conversation? And because the success of our life is contingent on our willingness to have hard conversations, we just end up with a loss of freedom and power because of it. And what kind of a difference would confidence have made in that? Or how often have you not uh, closed a sale or not asked for the sale? Or is your business being affected by your level of showing up and confidence? Because what I'm about to describe with stage fright and my experiences with it plays out the same and those other realms. So for me, for stage fright, I would practice my craft five hours a day. I would do this for six months to get ready for a concert or an audition. And then one moment that it mattered the most, I would step up and completely fall on my face. My hands would shake, my eyes would lose color vision, it turned to black and white. My brain would scramble, I couldn't form a thought. My ears would lose um, hearing, like I couldn't hear sounds close, I could only hear sounds far away. So here I am, just this jumbled mess, and I don't know how to stop it. And it's happening in the one moment that it matters the most, the concert, the performance, the audition, right? The solo. And it's happening in the field that I cared about the most. Music was my passion. It was the thing I dedicated the most time to and cared the most about. And it was so painful to go through that in the one moment that it mattered the most. And I would think about, well, maybe I can sell my instrument. Maybe I can get out of this business and protect myself from ever having to go through this again. But I couldn't turn off caring about it. And so the next day I'd be back in the practice room practicing again for the next opportunity. And this went on for like two decades. Yeah. And for, when I talk to business owners, they're like, yeah, I can relate. I love what I do. I love this work, but I, I can't get clients. I can't sell it. I I'm not good at reaching out and making connections. I keep procrastinating. I keep shooting myself in the foot with self-sabotage. I feel some imposter syndrome. Yeah, it sucks when there's this thing that you care about, that you believe in, that makes a difference. And for whatever reason, your body just shuts down in the moment that it matters the most. So at this point, I've got probably 20 years in of having it kick my butt. But in the last part of that, I started to learn about these concepts that have now become the mindset pushups um, at the mindset gym. And one of those concepts, uh, one of those exercises is essentially the only reason you have the problems you do in your life is because you don't have bigger problems. Because when you have bigger problems, your current problems are just small potatoes. So here I am on stage at the symphony and uh, my solo's coming up. 
the orchestra's playing away. I've got about 30 seconds. My body is shutting down. It's the same thing all over again. And this time I said, wait a minute, hold on. What if I did what I teach entrepreneurs to do? What if I did, what if I did that? Like I took my own medicine, so to speak. So in 30 seconds, I walked myself through this exercise. And in the, when you're, when you do the mindset pushups, you can feel your brain making new connections. Like you viscerally feel the changes happening. And I had about 30 seconds to do that real quick. And I step up and play the solo and a couple things. In that moment, I played the solo better than I ever had before. I had also played under pressure better than I ever had before, but I didn't really care about that. The real victory was I had slain the dragon and I knew exactly how to do it. It wasn't luck. And so I was never afraid of stage right again because I knew exactly what to do. And that kind of further refined that particular exercise so that I could share it with more entrepreneurs so that they could grow their businesses. Interesting. Why do you think it took you so long to recognize that connection that like you had the tools, but you weren't able to implement them in this one area? Was it a, did you not believe it was relevant? Did it, was your own mind blocking you from wanting to give it a try? Is it a, uh, I think a couple things. One is you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. Like you can't think of the thing that you can't think of. And so in that moment, it was kind of a novel thought. It was something I hadn't considered before. The other one is sometimes we have competing values that work against us. My kid, he was seven or eight years old and he used the lawnmower to locate the underground hornet's nest. Now, you know, here he is seven or eight. He didn't even know hornets exist. Had no idea that this was a thing that happens in nature. And they are just eating him up, crawling up in his clothes, can't take off his clothes. They're still, I mean, just tearing him up. What a horrific experience. Didn't even know it existed. And this is how you're finding out. So as you can imagine, he wouldn't mow the lawn for two years. But even so, we couldn't even play catch outside. If a leaf fell off the tree in the neighbor's yard, he'd be inside. His brain couldn't tell the difference between an actual threat and something moving in the air, a moth, a butterfly, a fly, right? It was pretty traumatic experience. And so this goes on for two years. Now I knew exactly which mindset pushup would take all of that imprint out of his body and break the cycle of the phobia of flying things. I knew exactly which pushup. It's called the picture frame. That's what we refer to it as in the mindset gym. I knew how long it takes. I knew, I, I knew exactly for two years and I never said anything. I never brought it up to him. And that's because I had competing values. Yes, I know that it works and I want to help and it's going to help him and his life's better. That's one value. But the other value was I'm his dad and I care about the quality of his relationship with me. And I care about how he feels when he's around me. And so sometimes it works against me. I care more about that than what's best for him. I don't want him to feel like he's growing up with this bossy dad that's always telling him what to do. And so for two years, that value kind of worked against us. Uh, and it's my fault. I let it happen. And so finally, one day, kind of with a symphony, my brain went, this is stupid. Just do it. <laughs> so I sat him down, walked him to the exercise, took about 10 minutes. The next day, we're out playing catch in the yard. He looks down on the grass and he sees a bee 
black and yellow, same color as a wasp. He sees a bee right there in the grass by his foot. And for the first time in two years, he didn't run anywhere because his brain could tell the difference. It wasn't a wasp, it was a bee. Also, it wasn't an aggressive bee. The bee was minding his own business. He was completely safe. And he went back to playing catch. Later that week, he's mowing the grass. No trouble. Interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of like, um, yeah, there was just internal blocks blocking you in both of those situations. And it's like, I don't know, I think it's good for people to hear because I I think sometimes even like where I've been reading a book that's going to help me with my mindset, it's like, but is it really, is it really going to like, it seems like it's such a, a deep problem or like something that's just unsolvable, right? It's like, is doing this actually going to help? And it's, yeah, it's skeptical. And I know one of the things uh, you're skeptical about it, and maybe you're afraid to try because like, what if it doesn't work, then it might just make your feelings even worse. But, uh, and it's, it's something that takes a process and it slowly just all of a sudden kind of disappears. So yeah, I think that's good that we have mental blocks around solving our own mental blocks, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's fears around it. Yeah. So, okay. Talk a little bit about the idea of your mindset gym. Why do you call it a gym? Why do you call it mindset pushups? Because it's not life coaching. It's not business coaching. It's training at the gym. It is an experiential process. You feel it happening in your body, just like you do when you go to a regular gym. Uh, when you go to a regular gym, nobody like gives you advice or tells you what to do per se. It's more like if you want this result, you do these three exercises and then you come back tomorrow. And there isn't homework. It's not like you're taking in information. You go to a business seminar, you take notes. Great. What are you going to do with the notes now? Now you've got to go do something. You didn't actually get anything done while you were sitting in the business seminar. It was just the potential and the notes and the information. It's not like that when you go to a gym. You show up at the gym, you get all the results right there while you're at the gym. There's not like homework that you got to take home with you. <laughs> you're done. So yeah, it's experiential. It's not life coaching. It's not business coaching. And it is training. Uh, you, we are training your mind how to think at a higher level by activating these new networks that maybe have been dormant. And we do that with these experiential exercises called mindset pushups. Yeah, and then, uh, I like that. And I think um, when we talked the other day, you were talking about, you know, it's not like your mindset work is something you do once, right? Like when you go to a gym, you don't just go there once. If you wanna make changes, you gotta put in the reps, right? You, uh, yeah, it's like doing it once will help, but it's when you do these regularly, it strengthens those mental muscles to, form those new connections and then make those connections stronger and thicker and wider. And yeah, your new, just habitual way of being. So I think it's a good analogy. Yeah. So like mindset pushups, you know, and people are like, well, what are they and, and how do they work? And there's three categories. There's puzzles, there's challenges, and then there's experiences. Uh, so in order to solve a puzzle, your brain has to rewire itself. It has to think in a, in a more innovative, creative way. In order to endure, survive a challenge, your brain has to rewire itself. It has to tap into a greater level of resourcefulness. It has to change a little bit how it sees you and what you're capable of. In order to make sense of an experience, a new sensation of your body, your brain's got to rewire itself. It's got to know what to do with this new information, where to put it. And that's why I think that riding a bicycle is the best illustration for the power of mindset pushups for building confidence and clarity inside your body and how quickly they work. Why a 10 minute pushup does more for your confidence and clarity than six months of counseling. What's happening when you're riding a bicycle, when you're five years old, 
Okay. So you kind of go back to five years old and, and uh, they just take the training wheels off. So you don't have it yet. You, you haven't, it hasn't clicked yet. And in that moment, your crazy aunt Jenny comes by with some advice. Now, what does crazy aunt Jenny say? She goes, you need to go faster because it's easier to balance. And you think that's the dumbest idea I have ever heard. If I can't balance going slow, going fast is just going to make it worse. And this is the same situation we're in as adults going to life coaches or business coaches or success performance seminars or business seminars or whatever. You're sitting there, you're getting well-meaning advice. The advice might very well be very accurate, but your brain goes, yeah, that's not going to work in my situation because of this. Same thing with the bicycle. Information doesn't make a difference. Knowing what to do doesn't make a difference. But one day on the bicycle, you're five years old, you feel a new sensation inside your body. And the instant, the instant you feel that type of balance, your brain rewires itself and you go, oh my gosh, now I get it. Now I totally understand. Well, here's the deal. Before your body felt the difference, no amount of information made a difference. After your body felt that energy, no amount of information was needed. And you had that new connection in your mind the rest of your life. So at the Mindset Gym, we don't tell you what to do. We put the confidence inside your body. Your brain feels that, makes a new connection. You have that the rest of your life. Very interesting. Yeah, that's a good analogy. What are some common problems that you're helping people solve? Like to, yeah, what are some common problems? people are coming to you with. So um, lacking confidence, lacking clarity that usually shows up in other forms though, procrastination, self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, telling yourself every year on New Year's that next year is going to be different. You just need to work a little bit harder. And then realizing that you said the exact same thing for the past five years and not a darn thing has changed. Knowing exactly what you need to be doing, but you just can't seem to do it. <laughs> so when that happens, it's usually a lack of confidence or a lack of clarity. Both of those are things that you can't talk yourself into. You can't fake your way into. But when your body feels it, you now have that new connection the rest of your life. Um, had a lady who, now this is going to sound silly because who doesn't know their favorite flavor of ice cream? Like, come on, everybody knows their favorite flavor of ice cream. Who doesn't know their favorite color? Come on, everybody's got a favorite color. So she's a stay-at-home mom. Her kids have gotten older and kind of moved away. And so she's got a little bit of time on her hands and she feels that life is calling her to step up to something bigger, but she's not sure what it is. And this is driving her nuts because for her, doesn't everybody know what life's calling them to? That's what her perception is. And so internally, she just feels horrible. It's like, it feels like people asking her what her favorite flavor of ice cream is. And she doesn't, can't tell you. She just feels horrible not being able to put it into words. Well, she comes to the gym. Uh, we map out the thinking patterns. We do, we've got a Nobel nominated process to map that out. We can see where the blind spots are. And then we know exactly which mindset pushups are going to get her out of the weeds. So she comes in, she does the work, does the mindset pushups. And out of that, she gets really clear on what her zone of genius is really clear on how she's wired on how she uh, makes a bigger difference in the world on what that gifts are. Not only that, but she also comes to understand the monetary value of her zone of genius. Now, in her case, her time when she was in her zone of genius was worth $10,000 an hour. You see, she had this ability to look at demographic data of a city and find threads that local real estate investors were missing. And when she analyzed the data, she would always find deals that people were looking over 
So it gave her incredible confidence and peace of mind to pull the trigger on a $4 million deal. And she's putting $400,000 in her pocket because she's staying in her zone of genius, what she does the best. This was so robust that her husband quit his job just to work for her new investing company. Had another lady, completely different problem. She's got a great business. She's doing like 300,000 a year, helping authors get published and be successful writing books. But at home, she's got four little kids and they're all under the age of eight. Now, if you've had a toddler at home, you know it's like having a blender without a top. So she's coming home and she's got four blenders without tops. And of course she loves all of them. And what was driving her nuts is that she was busy around her kids. When you're busy around your kids, you're not present with them. You got to cook and clean and get dressed and homework and soccer practice and all that stuff. And so for eight years, she's trying to talk to her husband about, hey, this isn't working. It's not working. I'm missing out on my kid's life because I come home and I'm just busy around them. I want to connect with them. I want to be present with them. And for eight years, he doesn't understand. Comes to the Mindset Gym. She gets clear on what her values really were. She gets clear on how her brain was making sense of the world and the relationship with this new understanding and this new feeling of confidence in her body and clarity. She goes back to her spouse, has the same conversation she'd been trying to have, but failing at for the first time he hears her. And in that conversation, it creates 10 free hours a week for her to be present with her kids, not busy around them. Because of this, she goes back to her business, has the same conversation with them, and that creates 30 free hours a week for her to be working creatively on her business and no longer in the weeds working in it. Very cool. Very cool. Why do you think your mindset, Jim, is different than what other people may have tried in the past with mental work? You can't change thinking with more thinking. Knowing what to do doesn't make a difference. Advice doesn't make a difference. Everybody knows what to do. They know what to do to grow their business or get more leads. They know what to do to lose weight or have better relationships or save money. They know. It doesn't make a hill of beans difference. And because of that, having a business advisor doesn't move the needle. If it made sense for you to do, you'd already be doing it. At the Mindset Gym, we aren't trying to solve thinking problems with more thinking. We don't tell you what to do. We don't ask you what you think you should do. We trot out a little bicycle, have you sit on that bike and you feel something new inside your body, your brain makes a new connection, you go, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that earlier? And now you're out of the weeds. And those little bicycles, those little experiences, we call those mindset push-ups. And we've got about a hundred different ones, depending on the particular energy or breakthrough that's going to make the biggest difference at that time. Yeah. And it's not thinking to solve more thinking. I know the other day you said you, you use your body, right? It's a physical thing that you do to make the new connections. Go through the body. Go through the body. Yes. Go through the body. Interesting. Now, I know there's kind of a, a lot of misconceptions people have that you were talking to me about earlier with a to-do list, with working more. What do you feel like are some of the common traps that business owners or people fall into that just ends to the, that leads to a, maybe an endless cycle of continuing to try the same thing again and again, just harder? <laughs> um, yeah, just harder, right? Can't solve a bad strategy with stubbornness. If action gets results, then more action gets more results. It certainly makes sense. It just doesn't work. It leads to more on your to-do list than you have time to get done and working harder and faster never clears it up. Because if the brain solves problems by taking action, it just looks for more action to take. Another one is being focused on checking things off your to-do list. That actually lowers your income. And whoever's listening, like, go ahead, grab your to-do list right now. Go through the items on your to-do list today. And 
find something on there that could not be delegated for $10 an hour, provided the person was trained properly on how to do it. There's not. So the more time we spend checking things off our to-do list, the more of our day we're spending on the lowest value tasks, simply because we never bothered to build a system or a process or train somebody to do it. The pickle, of course, is that when your brain is wired to take action, then it gets pleasure from taking action. So it feels great checking things off your to-do list and you're distracted from the fact that you just spent your day doing the lowest value tasks. Uh, to-do lists are kind of a distraction in that sense. Most entrepreneurs, when they wake up in the morning, they have clarity on the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference that day. And then what do they do? They look at their to-do list, which is a distraction from the one thing that makes the biggest difference. <laughs> you don't need a to-do list to know the one thing you need to be doing. <laughs> and they tell themselves, well, let me get these little things out of the way, right? Let me spend my best energy with my clearest thinking on the lowest paying tasks. Then this afternoon, I will magically have more time and magically have more energy and clarity to focus on what's actually going to make the biggest difference. Yes, that is my strategy. Of course, what happens? Well, life happens. And as the day goes on, more little things pop up and steal that time away from you. And so at the end of the day, you go, ah, see, I'm tired now. I just don't have the mental energy. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. What happens tomorrow? You pick up the to-do list all over again. That's good. Yeah, there's never, you're never uh, going to be able to clear the deck, right? That's like an illusion of like, I just need to clear the deck of my little things. And then I can have time for the big things. Yeah. And you're not just one productivity tool away from getting everything to magically fit in your life. There is this, uh, I don't know where it was. It was like a conference or something. I feel like I've read about it in books where it's like the guy brings out at a kind of a, maybe a conference style thing, like a bucket. And he's got big rocks, little rocks and sand. And he, he tells him to fit it all in the bucket, right? But, uh, and you have to put the big rocks in and the little rocks in the sand and then it all fits, right? If you do it the other way around, it doesn't all fit. But it's like, that doesn't work in real life because we all have an infinite, amount of sand. We have an infinite number of big rocks and we have an infinite number of small rocks. You can't fit it all in your 24 hour day bucket, right? It's like, it's a rigged experiment. It's, he has the right amount to fit it all in there when we don't have the discipline to choose. Like we have to choose, we have to say no to a ton of things. And most of the time it's small, <laughs> the small things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's good. Okay. So, um, to do lists. I know you were talking about, you know, working less and earning more, right? Like by working less, you're earning more. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that helps people? It's a strategy. It's a way of thinking. One way of thinking says uh, action gets results. So the more action I take, the more results I have. But in the block of time that you're doing something, you can only do that one thing in that block of time. And there's 27 other things that aren't getting done. So actually by doing the work, you're falling behind. You can't ever catch up. The other thing is, because you did the task, that sort of indicates that there wasn't a process in place to do it for you. So because you solved the problem by doing the task, instead of building the process, tomorrow, guess who's going to be doing the task? The less you work, the more you make kind of comes from the way of thinking that acknowledges, I can't work my way out of this because by working, I just create more work. Kind of like trying to be productive by sending emails. Every email you send just generates 1.2 more emails. It, you're only creating more emails for you to read by sending emails. However, there's another way of thinking that is, how can this be done 
without me? What would cause this to happen? And that way of thinking, because the brain is, is addicted to getting pleasure from building processes and documenting systems and building relationships and partnering with people, that whenever hurdles come up, oh, well, gosh, I'd have to hire somebody that's going to cost money. The brain goes, well, how else could they be compensated? Could we partner or barter or trade? Could they get a percentage? Could they get a share? Do they have to be paid all at once? Could they do it two hours a week? Do they have to do it 40? The brain just keeps looking for other ways because it knows if you get in there and do it, you're now the bottleneck. But the other way of thinking that's rewarded for taking work and doing action, as soon as an obstacle comes up, oh gosh, you know, I would delegate it, but I can't because I don't have the money to pay them. What does the brain do? I guess I'm just going to have to do it myself because that way of thinking makes sense. And it just kind of keeps that rut going. So simple, simple cut there. Uh, why is it true that the less you work, the more you make? It's because if the work is still getting done, but it's not you doing it, i.e. you're working less, then obviously you're making more because you've got a bigger lever. You have more results happening in an automated process. Yeah. I had a, maybe this was three years ago. One of the, I hired a coach and uh, we were looking through, it was kind of like we were going through my QuickBooks and it was like the months that I worked the most, I earned the least. And that was a really good realization. Now, it's not like I just like, Jason, just stop working and you'll be rich, right? But uh, it was a good realization because it was like when I was working a ridiculous amount, trying to do a bunch of things at once, I couldn't do them well, right? And it was like, okay, you need to create this structure, this boundaries of what is the one or two things that you're going to focus on. And you need to say yes, no to everything. And it's kind of like, I feel like when you're first starting out your business, you do have to say yes to a lot of things because you don't really know what works, right? Like I, maybe not everybody, like I went through a phase of life where I was staying up super late, getting up early and working. And it was like, I don't think I had to do that, but I felt like I needed to. But I think there was a degree of like, I hadn't established a process enough to not be working because mm. it's like, I could delegate this to someone, but it just might not work. It might not work for them. It might not work for me, right? Like I didn't have, this is the process. I can delegate it yet. But then uh, eventually you need to start saying no to things. I think it was Steve Jobs. He said it wasn't what Apple said yes to that made them successful. It was all the things they said no to that ultimately led to their success. And it's like when you're starting a business, I know for me, I'd say yes to a ton of things. But then when I wanted to grow it, I had to start saying no to things. And yeah, delegating, saying just, no, I'm not going to do that project now. I'm doing this one. Or yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's transition you have to go through. That, uh, that, that's a great ticket out of the weeds that concept you were talking about saying no to things. It's, it's even Steve Jobs, you know, it's things we didn't do that have made the biggest success. So if, if somebody is stuck, they're in the weeds, there's more on their to-do list than they have time to get done. Working harder and faster doesn't clear it up. They never have enough time. They never have money. They never have any results. Like it's just, it's not working. It's a colossal amount of effort going forward and it's not working. The question is, as you think of somebody in your space, that's doing very, very well, what are they not doing every week that you keep doing? What's not on their schedule that is on your schedule? And you say, oh, well, that's easy for them. They have a big team and they have all these leads. So of course they don't have to worry about this stuff. Why don't they have to worry about it again? Oh, that's right. They have a team. They have built processes over time to create that result for them. Yeah. 
That's good. And I think it was like uh, maybe kind of like the moment you hit when you're at the stage, like, screw it. I'm just going to do these mindset exercises, the, the mindset push up right <laughs> yes. before I go on here. I'm going to stop like, what feels good. I'm just going to do what works. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like there has been similar times in my kind of entrepreneurial experience journey where it's like, okay, I have a ridiculous amount of things I could be or should be doing, right? It's like, everyone has different advice to give you, right? Oh, you should be writing a blog. You should be doing a podcast. You should be making TikToks. You should be, you know, like there's an infinite number of ways you should be growing your business. And it's like, screw it. I'm just going to do what seems fun, right? And it's like, turns out that's like the best strategy. You know, it's uh, like, this is what would come easily. This is what would be fun for me to do. And it's like, if I can do that well versus all the other stuff that I should be doing that I'm just not good at, then I just have an infinite number of things. And it's like, why am I even working for myself? If I create a list of things I don't like doing just because I should be doing them, right? It's like, that's not the business I want to create for myself. It's where I can do something that I enjoy. Amen to that. Hmm. Are most that. of the people you work with through this process, are they entrepreneurs? Yes, they yeah. are. While there have been some stay-at-home moms, uh, those are those are rare. I don't think it has anything to do with where they're at in life, the stay-at-home mom part. I don't think it's connected to that. I think it has to do with how they're wired as people. And that's the same reason that entrepreneurs tend to flock to the mindset gym all over the world. I mean, New Zealand, Dubai, Australia. And it's because they value maximizing their potential. They, they know that their business is just a cold, stark mirror that reflects their habits and how they think about themselves in the world. And so they have a premium placed on maximizing their potential. They will do anything because life is calling them to step up to something bigger and they cannot live with themselves if anything gets in the way of that. So they, yes, they want to do the mindset pushups. Those build confidence and clarity. Not always, not always, but frequently people that are traditionally employed they value risk and reward different. They might be interested in professional development, but they want their company to pay for it. They don't necessarily have an interest in professional development because their value isn't maximizing their potential. Their value is having a life that works. And it works to have somebody else tell them what to do, to have somebody else tell them when to do it and how much they're going to get paid. And then they just sort of like block that part of their life out because they're living for evenings and weekends. <laughs> and it's not wrong. It's it's certainly not wrong. It's a it's a huge trade-off whether you work for yourself or work for somebody else. It's it's not wrong. But that way of thinking, that value system just they 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 aren't happy working in the mindset gym. <laughs> yeah. Do you think if somebody else paid for them to do it, they would even get out of it what they need? Like do you think yeah. somebody has to make that investment into themselves to I don't know, have an open mind enough about doing this? Um, halfway, partially, sort of. Um, yeah. Meaning there are some things that are just like riding a bicycle. And, and it doesn't matter your religious beliefs or political beliefs or whether you even want to ride bicycles at all. If you just sit on the bicycle, you're going to feel something. Your brain will have a new connection you'll have with the rest of your life. There are things, experiences that are just like that. That being said... There are ways of thinking that no amount of those experiences can change. <laughs> it's just how they're wired. Hmm, interesting. Like, what would those be? Their personality or, yeah, like it's unchangeable. Because I guess even your personality. Their values. They're, they're oh, their values. values. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There are value systems that just maximizing your potential is is not 
in the cards. Yeah. And that's okay. That is totally okay. It, the mindset gym is not is not for those people in that case. Yeah. What's what's the best way for people to learn more about the mindset gym? Learn about what you're doing and how they can use this for their life. Uh, mindsetperformance.co. Mindsetperformance.co. And your podcast also called Mindset Performance, right? Okay. Other than joining, you know, the mindset gym and kind of taking your evaluation and figuring out where they're lacking, what other advice would you give for people who are aware that they have mental blocks right now? If it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. And so that thought that doesn't make sense, that action that feels like a bad idea is probably what's going to give you the most momentum. It's probably the gateway to your next breakthrough because the brain can't think of things that don't make sense. It thinks of things that feel comfortable and make sense. But the things that feel comfortable and make sense are what have us stuck to start with. So if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. If it seems like a bad idea, it could, in fact, be your ticket to a whole new way of living. Very cool. All right. Well, I'll put the uh, link to your website below and... I really appreciate you coming on here today. I uh, will let everyone know that I have, I just got his quiz that shows you how your mind works. So I'm going to give it a try and I'm going to let everybody else know how it goes. And hopefully some other listeners give it a try with me <laughs> and uh, but I'll be able to share my results with everybody because it sounds really exciting. So thank you for taking the time to come on here today. Yes, sir. 